think of the shack on Broadway, Not located in North Fargo at 3215 Broadway. This is Tom from Can I Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Quinn. care of all of your to-go needs as well, plus handling that quick meal before or after running to the lakes this summer. I'm thinking Shack on Broadway still. They're at 3215 Broadway in North Fargo. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNMZ, Holly Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what time it is? That's right. It's Attitude Era Live Time with your host, the icon, and his cohorts, Granny Hulkster, live from Arkansas. And we have also Matthias, live from Fargo, North Dakota, just like myself. Let's say hello, Granny. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Icon, ready for another great show on 1089.1 FM tonight. And what is Matthias up to? Well, just here, ready for another good show on uh, 89.1 Ken's FM after a nice relaxing weekend and uh, another start to another work week. That's awesome. So anyway, we're gonna have a good, we're gonna have another uh, awesome show here tonight, and that never really changes, I guess. So we got uh, three guests here, and let's uh, go ahead and talk about who they're gonna be. Then we'll kind of catch everybody up on what we're doing. Uh, tonight we have Gino Told You So is his name. He's a wrestler, independent wrestler, and he's going to talk to us about his career. We have Johnny uh, uh, Pontenza. He hosts the show Up Late with Johnny. He's going to talk about that. And we have actress Kimberly Ann Boynton. I cannot wait to talk to her. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have a fun show tonight, as always. And also, real quick here, I believe Matthias and myself have some updates, but we're going to talk about our update in a second, but let's uh, see what Granny's been up to real quick. Well, you know, yesterday was the big game, and I'm going to Don't tell you guys about how it. I wish to watch the Super Bowl, okay? There Touchdown Raiders! Did that, that was not necessary, okay? Big swing, if that was you, I'm going to kick you, of course, you know, of course you're, it was you're on my list. Okay. Anyways, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by that horrible sound effect. There is a movie theater up in Bentonville, Arkansas, called the Skylight Cinema Theater. And they did this three years ago. They showed the Super Bowl there when Kansas City played against the 49ers. Well, they did it again yesterday, and all you had to do was purchase a $10 gift card. You did not have to pay anything extra for your seat. It was one of those nice leather reclining chairs, like when you go to the movie theater. They had two screens, and they they divide, opened the curtain up between the two theaters, so it was like one great big seating area. They had two big, large movie screens. 
you got to sit there and watch the game, and you had people come and take your food order, your drink order, while you watched the game. And that's what we, how we watched the Super Bowl yesterday. And it was absolutely amazing. But I got to tell you, you know, you all know how I love my Chiefs, and I will love my Chiefs. I will support my Chiefs when they're losing. Yes, when they don't win, I get disappointed. But that game yesterday was one of the best Super Bowls that I had seen, and I got to give kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles because that game could have went either way. It got down 35-35. Kansas City came back and won it with a field goal, you know. And But what I loved about it was it was the Kelsey Bowl. Travis Kelsey for Kansas City, his brother Jason Kelsey for the center for the Eagles, you know, it was just a good game. And there, you know, and there was not a lot of controversial calls, which I absolutely loved. And everybody, I mean, it was good sports. There wasn't no fighting. There wasn't no, you know, shoving light hit. I mean, it was just a good game, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm, you know, happy for my, my Kansas City Chiefs. They're supposed to have the parade. Wednesday in Kansas City, if the weather's bad, they're going to have it Thursday. But they're anticipating over 500,000 people to show up for this parade on Wednesday, on the 15th. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We uh, we have a uh, – we're going to, we got to take a quick little commercial break. It looks like our first guest is ready. So we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages. And stick with us for the first guest of the night. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen. The new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity. So order now at www.kensfm.com. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the man that likes to stay up late and entertain the masses, stepping out of the green right now, here's Johnny. Hello there. Who's there? How's it going, Johnny? Can you hear me good? I sure can. How are you? Now, let, let me tell all your view, viewing audience, it's a pleasure to be on your show, but you say my name, Potenza. Like, like just think about, say, Pacino, Gandolfini, De Niro, Pesci, Potenza. Johnny Potenza. Is that right? There you go. Where, where, you, where are you calling from? Well, we are actually live here in Fargo, North Dakota on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we are hoping that you do that liner for us before we start, but uh, we can do that at the end as well. Oh, okay, whatever you want. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I had I to be up early in the morning. We got to bring my uh, we got to bring my great uncle to the hospital. He has to get a little procedure on his heart done, so we got to be up early in the morning. That's, I usually, I'm usually up late or late night, you know, you got me at a, at a bad day, but I'm ready to rock and roll and talk to you guys. 
Perfect. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then uh, we'll switch it to Granny, then we'll go to Matthias, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher question. But first, we want you to give us a little background about yourself first. Okay, uh, let me think now. Uh, born in Brooklyn. Okay, I'm born in Brooklyn as uh, Bensonhurst. And uh, let me think, 72nd, 18th Avenue. Then I moved over to Midwood in Brooklyn, like near Avenue SD 16th. Closest to Avenue West and uh, Kings Highway. And I actually sort of filmed part of uh, Saturday Night Fever out there back in the day. I was just a kid. Uh, that was kind of cool. And then I moved to Staten Island when I was 12. And started playing the drums at 12 years old. Uh, saw Kiss when I was 10. And they motivated me to play, uh, to, to, you know, to be, be in a band. And then... Uh, as time went on, I started playing in bands at an early age, like 15, and then, you know, after high school got caught up, you know, in the uh, peer pressure life and hanging out, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and uh, getting into trouble, and then once I passed all that, by the time I was like 22, I started rock and roll again, giving it my best for uh, many, many years with such bands as Barrage, and uh, I played with a Kiss tribute band on Mass and uh, a band called The Same. And then my, my labor love was a band called NYB, None of Your Business. Uh, we were together for about 10 years, produced by Richie Scarlett, uh, formerly from the Ace Freely band, The Kiss. He's a dear friend of mine. He's actually going to be my guest next month. And then uh, had a record label called Shinebox Records, whether you want to believe it or not. Shinebox Records uh, had a great time. And then when it all fell apart, took a couple of years break, and I got into doing the Late Night with Johnny P show, which I did for 10 years. And I stepped back a couple of years to take a break, and then I started up late with Johnny Potenza. So that's where we're at right now. You know, your show, I, I do listen to it when I can. You know, I, I'm, always, uh, I'm always up late at night, uh, you know, usually Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And when I always try and catch your show when I can, but with your with your show, you've had just a bevy of kind of like our show. I I mean you, you you're higher stature than us. I understand this, but you yeah. know we we've had a bevy of guests and you you've had a bevy of guests. What is your favorite thing about having different guests from different walks of life on your show? Well, it, it's great. I mean, the thing is this: we're 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 a cable. TV show, but it's on public, it airs on public access, so that's the problem. Uh, I mean, it's great for a platform, but I'm at the point now where I've been doing it so long, we've been ready before COVID to get out of there and get onto some kind of streaming network or some uh, paid advertising uh, channel that's going to start paying us. I got a great platform from it, a lot of fun and, and a, lot, a lot of great connections out of it, but it's time to for the bird to leave the nest if it's that's in the cards for me, but... Uh, you know, I consider myself like the gangster version of Joe Franklin. I love that. That's awesome. So here's what we're going to do here, uh, Johnny. What I'm going to do yeah. is I'm going to uh, let our my co-host ask a few questions, and then we're going to come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the harder-hitting questions because we have uh, – we have Johnny the Man here with us, and we're on 89.1 Kings FM, and we got 34 minutes here with the man, and then we're going to let oh. him uh, ride off in the sunset because he's got stuff to do tomorrow, which I understand. So, Granny, what do yeah. you have for our guest? Well, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on. 
Um, so what was your favorite band that you performed with over the years that you were a musician? What was Who was your favorite band? Okay. Well, you know what it was, and I'll tell you that one second. Yes, I'll tell you this for a second. It, it, unfortunately, when we, we were a hard rock, classic rock type band, uh, NYB. We were compared to, let's say, Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Kiss, as the Twisted Sister, Aerosmith. That was that was our combination of influence, but we we tactically got that sound. But anyway, at that time, we were already coming out with this stuff when it was already done, and the music business was slowly dying with rock and, and rap, you know, for the uh, the record company industry. So as time went on, we had no we had no prayer because the kids were just switching gears. You know how that goes. Everything comes in cycles. But uh, but. I could say the best groups that we played with, and we only pretty much toured the East and the West Coast a bunch of times. Uh, all, a lot of these rock stars that left the bands and then they went back, like we we opened up for Ace Freely and Peter Chris from Kiss before they got back together with, with, with Kiss when they had a whole big reunion tour. You know, Dee Schneider and then Twisted Sister and uh, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row and, uh, you know, ex-members from Guns N' Roses like Gilby Clark and, and Stephen Adler and... Uh, uh, you know, all cats like that, uh, Thin, Thin Lizzy and uh, Stars, like, all of those guys that we actually, you know, we we were big in the club scene. We never made it to the arena scene. If we were, I, I, I know if we would have came out 15 years before we came out, we would have definitely uh, been in that whole 80 scene. That's awesome. Uh, Johnny uh, Pontes is our guest here, and we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and I do want to introduce you to our resident, I guess you could say our resident egomaniac. He's also known as the Modern Nightmare, and it's, uh, his name is Matthias, and I know, that he, uh, I know that he loves the music that you played in. So, Nightmare, what do you got? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, and soon-to-be EWI epic champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my segment of the show. Um, See, Johnny, no ego, right? Definitely not an ego in any way, shape, or form. Hey, it's so good. you got to have an ego. Yes, exactly. you got to have <laughs> self-confidence. And if they call it an ego, well, well, tough turds, because at least I got self-confidence. So, without further ado, my question to you would be, um, who is one of your favorite guests you've ever got to talk to? And okay. is there a dream guest that you would ever get a chance to talk to if you could? I mean, you know, the thing is this. When you're doing public access, it's very hard to get guests, I mean, that, that have any kind of name or kind of stature. So, uh, unless you know, like, a top A lister, you're not getting them on a public access show, no matter – unless you know them. Uh, I got a lot of the guys that were, like, the ladies that you might say were used at one point. But they're so, you know, they're so worldwide known. Or like when the, when the shows, uh, uh, you know, canceled, they had a lot of Sopranos on the shows and, and like, uh, you know, uh, Blue Bloods, just like a lot of cats like that. No one like the John Travolta's or the Tom Cruises. I mean, those guys are untouchable unless, 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 you know, you're on a commercial advertising network, but you have to know them to get them on. But, I mean, I'm very, very lucky for who I have because, I did a lot of uh, legwork, and and just from everybody that I met from the music business, I kind of took it over. So, 
The guy that opened the door for me was back in 2000. We started in 2008, 2010. Vinny Pastor from The Sopranos, best known as, as Big Pussy. I met him through friends, got to know him, and then he agreed to come on my show. Him, and you know who this guy, Don Jameson, you know who he is, right? Oh, yeah. Don Jameson, from that metal show. So I, I had Big Pussy, Vinny Pastor, and Don Jameson come on, packed the place. And then after that, a lot of these actors and bigger acts, you know, through Vinny, just they say, oh, well, Vinny came on. This is a pretty cool thing to do. So that's when I started getting a lot of these people. I mean, Joe Franklin was one of my favorites because he's a, a radio and TV talk show icon. I mean, he started talk show. He's, you know, Johnny Carson, Ed Sullivan, and all these cats, Steve Allen. Uh, Joe Franklin was, they were the mentor, Joe Franklin, they were their mentor. So, I mean, of course, Johnny Carson took it to the next level. But, you know, Joe I had on, knew him about four years before he died. He was great. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people. William Forsythe, a big, like, I could say, was he an A-lister? He, you know, not an A-plus. Uh, he was on my show. He's a dear friend. William Forsythe, I always loved his acting. Uh, Robert Clohecki from Blue Bloods. He was in Oz. He was in a lot of big stuff. Uh, Marky Ramone being a, a rock and roll drummer and a, and, and a rock guy, and I love the Ramones. But Marky was one of my top favorites, so he was he was a guest of mine. Okay, that's all. Awesome. Uh, you know what? Go ahead, John. Sir. Uh, Frank Vincent. You know who that is? Sounds familiar. Frank yeah. Vincent, Frank Vincent from Goodfellas. He's the one who said, "Go get your fucking shine box." Watch the language, buddy. Come on. What happened? PG language. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We're all out the curse. I apologize out there. Well, he says, go get your shine box. That was the guy. He, he was in all the movies. Frank Vincent. So anyway, him. So, okay, cool. Yeah, there's, there's so, a lot. You know, there's hundreds. You know, you mentioned uh, when, you're, um, when, you're doing, when you're doing your shows because you're on public access and it's hard to get guests, what do you do to overcome that? Uh, it's pretty much the show books itself now. The thing is, for me, that the only hard part is is juggling the big acts because some of these big actors can't commit. I'm, I'm already booked until the fall right now, and I got about four more shows to book, and I'm booked for the year, but I also leave spots open for the, the, the bigger guys when they come in. And then if someone just happens to come in last minute and they're in town, and they say, John, they can only come in this month, and then I have to just, you know, I have to just owe somebody a guest a favor and put them on the next show and then get them in there. That's the hardest part of the show. The pretty much the show books itself. I got I got I got bands, musicians, all these people uh, on uh, on standbys and double standbys, and it's, I only do so many shows a year because I have to work and, and make a living. Uh, you know, as I said, it is public access. It's very minimum amount of anything. So. Once I get to that level that we are getting paid, then we can start going four or five shows a week. You know, so I only do a season a year, which is about twelve shows a year. We do one show a month. I take a couple of months off, and then we double them up, and then they all repeat all month long because you know, technically, it's not on. It's all on public access, and it streams, and uh, you're able to repeat it because it ain't. It's not like I'm Jimmy Fallon. Uh, that you know, with all that advertisement and everything else, so the more repeats that you get during the month, 
at least people get to see them. You know, so and I can't be doing more than that right now. I mean, a couple of years back, I used to do, I used to double up on that, but uh, right now, you know, I'm not going to burn myself out. I got a, a, enough of a platform to keep it going, trying to negotiate some kind of thing. I got a publicist now that we're trying to, uh, what well, we are, we're, we're working on a lot of stuff right now to move this show forward in the future. Well, you know, on our show here, you know, we used to have the same, we used to have the same issue. Before, when we were just a podcast on Blog Talk Radio, you know, it was hard for us to get get anybody. Now, with our mainstream focus, thanks to 89.1 Ken's FM here, we're, we're not that we're bragging, but we actually are booked now until the end of 2024 because of all the stuff that we've, all the masses that we've been able to reach and all the different people that have told other people about our show and how much fun it is. And hopefully you'll be able to help us in the same way. When you when people contact you and want to be on the show, you you know you we're we're a weekly show, you're a monthly show. How tough is it when you when you're trying to get somebody, you know you book them out so far in advance, and then let's say they they cancel. Do you have somebody on backup on standby? What do you do? Yes. What do I do? I I I take a Xanax. <laughs> and I start making phone calls. I'm only teasing. I pour a glass of wine. No, really. Uh, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but enough of times, say like you, an actress doesn't have nothing going on, they book it in May, and all of a sudden in April they get booked for a movie. But then they got, then they cancel on me. There were times that I, you know, there's a lot going on. I'm a multitasker. Uh, and, you know, I, two weeks before I'd have someone cancel, I'd be advertising them on the flyer. I, I get the new guest. I, I send my stuff to my art director. Change the thing. We got a new guest. I get that. We promote it. It's a pain in the ass, but we make, we we do what we do. Uh, it's a lot of act. It was a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of activation. There's a lot of stress. There's a, and and again, there's a lot of work. But it's, at the end of the day, and everything is all done. It, 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 when the final product is done, I mean, I pretty much do. I'm I'm a, I'm a labor. I'm a laborer to my own show. So from being the producer to the host, uh, the semi-directing, I'm also the, the editor. I take all the footage. I edit it myself. I'm a, a professional Final Cut Pro. And I've been doing the editing for my show for years. Uh, because if I had to pay somebody a couple of grand, $1,500, every time I do a show, to me, I've had to do it myself or keep that money in the bank. Uh, and you know what? Really get someone that's going to edit your show. If I, I would have to pay double that or more to get the guy to do what I wanted to do with all the, the sound corrections and the audience and the, the, the leveling and, you know, the stops and the takes. So with all that being said, and then I have some people to help me with the social media. Uh, you know, it's time for me to soar and start getting money uh, and, and making a living out of this. And I do construction, so I want to get out of that. And hopefully, if it, if it's in my cards, and and God's nice to me, <laughs> uh, we'll make a career out of this, and then uh, I'll take it to the end. You know, Johnny, there you your show on uh, December first of last year, December first, twenty twenty two. You had a good friend of mine on, Paul Borghese. Oh, Paul, oh, Paul Borghese. Yeah. Paul Paul's a great guy. How do you know Paulie? I'll tell you the story real quick. He was actually in the movie 61. He played Yogi Berra. 
And 61 was about Roger Maris, who's from Fargo, North Dakota. Him and Barry Pepper and Thomas Jane, they used to come here for the Roger Maris Golf Tournament. I got to play golf with them during the tournaments, and that's how I got wow. to know them real well. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a good – Paul's a good guy. See, that show, too, like when we do anything, that December 1st show was a New Year show. So when any time I do a holiday show, and everything's always three weeks before it airs. Uh, when we shoot. So I'll shoot in the beginning of November a Christmas show and have it all ready for the first week of December. So that's what we did with the, with the December show. It was the January show because I take January off. And then once that's done, that show's all ready to go. And then we come back in February. And so, for those of you who I, listen to our – sorry about that. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Give me an interview. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know, for those of you who listen to our show from time to time, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Money, you like that, go to 89.1, Ken's FM page, like that, do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified and win a autograph from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Johnny, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? Do you want me to send you a few giveaways? Yeah, some autographs for giveaways. Would you be willing to do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can definitely send you some upgrade with Johnny the tens of photos. I'll send you some some condoms too. How's that? Oh, sounds good. Anyway, uh, Johnny's our <laughs> guest here on eighty nine point one Kids FM. So uh, tell us, Johnny, when is does your uh, when does your next show air, and then how can fans catch it? Well, let me think. Well, as I said, every mainly you go to the website Johnny JohnnyPTV dot com. Uh, and there's tabs in there. You'll see it says air times and, and all that nonsense. But usually on the first page, it'll tell you what's going on in the links to YouTube and Vimeo on there. Technically, that's the easiest way to watch the show if you stream it because you can watch it anytime. Uh, otherwise, it's in New York City, all five boroughs, and, and, and California. Uh, it'll air on, like, uh, Spectrum and, and Verizon and all of those cable networks. So, uh as I said, the easiest way to see it is either on my uh, social media links or you go right to the website. You can't go wrong with the website because everything is right there. And you, your show has won a few awards too, hasn't it? Yeah, it won a lot of awards actually. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, they were called the Nova Awards. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was good. It, it's very nice, very cool to win the awards. But uh, – as I said, I mean, I, I got into public access television in 1997 and, and uh, mainly got in there to air my old band, NYB. Then they, they make you do a show, so I did a show called The Gangsters of Rock. That was my first show. It was, it was the very low-budget Wayne's World meets, uh, you know, uh, Goodfellas. So it was technically like an underground studio we would show gangster clips and rock and roll footage. That's why it was called the Gangsters of Rock. So we would have like a lot of good local bands, and then we, we'd show stuff like Kiss and like Sabbath and stuff like that on there. Uh, and then from there, as years went on, in 19, uh, 2007, I started the Uplace show. So I've been in public houses for a long time. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a great home. It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, as I said, it got my name out there. If I had a... If I didn't have the facilities of public access being a producer, I would have never had the platform that I'm on now to even do anything with, you know? So would your ultimate goal be become like a late-night talk show host on like one of the, the four networks, Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC? 
Honestly, yes, that's different. My, my goal is really, honestly, you know, getting onto a major network, uh, uh, as you said, on five, you know, uh, CBS, ABC, you know, Channel Five, you know, all those two, four, seven. They're very, 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 very hard to get onto. I mean, uh, most of those guys are godfathered into that job, or they've been into that, in that network for so long. Unless somebody comes along, uh, you know in a Colonel Parker status that has millions and zillions of dollars that's going to pick me up and get me into that network, then that's the only way that's going to happen. Unless they see it and they want a new guy uh, and and, they, and I get lucky enough. But my main goal is, which is something that's it is approachable and it can happen if you got the money behind you, is getting on a streaming network. You know, I would love to be on like Hulu or, or, or Netflix or, uh, you know, Paramount, any of those. I mean, that's pretty much the future anyway, and it's now. Uh, the more well, yeah, and more it people... Like, it seems yeah, like everybody's streaming these days. Everybody's streaming. And these kids today, you tell them cable, they laugh at you. You, you know, you couldn't even give them free cable in their room. Uh, for free, they wouldn't even take it. So everything is gearing, and it is, it's now. Uh, look at all the major movie companies all merging. Uh, uh, Paramount originally owned The Irishman. They were going under with the, with, the, with the movie company, and then Netflix made a deal with them, and they wanted to buy it for $200 uh, million. You know, and then Netflix puts out top-of-the-line stuff. Uh, you know, so now Paramount's back in action. They got them on channels. But that's the way to go, uh, 100%. You know what I mean? I mean the, these major networks are tough because once they get you, you're pretty much until you until you make that 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 top status nut, uh, you, you're pretty much you got to do and say everything that they want, and you know it, it's hard to be creative in, in that type of atmosphere unless they like what you do and they just say run with it. Me, I just want to be who I am, and I want to represent New York City in a New York City street style with a family twist to it. You know, and the other interesting thing here, we, we got, uh, we got uh, Johnny as our guest here. We have a, well, we have about the three minutes here left with uh, Johnny. You know, as uh, for any, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl last night, but it's yeah. interesting to me how much money to be spent on commercials last night during the Super Bowl. The commercial that everybody seems to be talking about is it, it's on the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden something comes up from the bottom of the TV, and it's it's a streaming service. And I know I've heard from several people, and I've seen stuff on line Twitter that people were yelling at someone for changing the channel during the Super Bowl. So apparently, streaming is going to be the the wave of the future compared to watching like cable, like you just said. Yo, well, you know what? I got you know, and I'm a cable guy my whole life. Uh, I got rid of cable about two years ago. So I have all the apps that are anything on, on my computer and on my smart TVs. A lot of these apps, you can get the, uh, you know, Channel 4, Channel 2, and all those other ones. You just got to mix them up. But I was spending like 240 $260 on cable. Now my apps, with everything, it cost me maybe almost $80, you know, $82. It's, I'm saving all that money. And there, there, in all those apps, there ain't nothing really you can't find. You can find reruns of just about any show there is. Yeah. Uh, so, Jenny, real quick here, 
Yeah, we got we got about uh, two minutes here left with you. If our fans want to check you out, Steve, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? We got everything you said there except uh, except Twitter. I'm not on Twitter because I don't I don't get into politics. It's all it's all fun old school entertainment like the old school uh, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin Rat Pack days. We're looking I'm looking to bring that back into the 21st century. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Johnny, thank you for being with us. I did uh, send you a message on where to send the autographs and all that stuff, so we do appreciate everything you do. Thank you for being on with us tonight. You are wonderful. Thank you. Listen, you guys are awesome, and thank you so much for reaching out to me, man. God bless you guys. Thank you, Johnny. All right. Bye-bye. The man, Johnny, right there, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after we hear these messages from one of our sponsors, and stay tuned. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. And we do know how great of a hotel Woodspring Suites is because I've stayed there several times. As a matter of fact, I used to work there. Great hotel. If you're looking for a great atmosphere, everything, there you go. It's all good to go. Anyway, so we have uh, we have a few minutes here before our first guest calls our next guest calls in, but uh, I do want to um, I do want to uh, talk to Matthias here real quick. We didn't have a chance to catch up with you, but did you happen to see that cool movie poster that they made uh, of you and I, you and myself? Well, absolutely, I did, and um, I remember I got a text from you, and uh, of course I'm always so busy with life and everything else going on, I wasn't able to really select a photo. Uh, for the movie poster, but uh, it wasn't a bad one. I was, I mean, I got my smile out, but I think that was even during my college days. So, I mean, that was about 10 years ago. So when I was like fresh 18, I believe it was, or 19 or something like that. So, yeah, you guys picked a uh, throwback photo for my for my movie poster. Well, you know, what was interesting about that picture that I did pick, because like I say, I had to either get, we had to get something out on the fly because they need to get this stuff you know, taken care of quickly. Yeah. And I do believe what picture that I picked was, I think it was from your graduation or a wedding or something. It, you, in the actual picture, you're wearing a tie and a white shirt. Oh, yeah, that was probably a wedding then, yeah. That was probably a wedding at some point. And it's kind of cool how they CGI'd your costume from the movie over that. I know, that was actually pretty sweet to see. And uh, they said... <laughs> When they saw the picture, because, uh, you know, you mentioned, how old do you think that picture is, would you say? Uh, about 19, 20 maybe. So, what, five, six years ago maybe? Uh, I'm actually almost 30, so about nine years ago. They told me, and I quote, I didn't know he was that young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, that was about a decade-old picture. Now I've got, now I look much older with facial hair and all that kind of stuff. That was back when I never could grow facial hair. I really didn't try to grow facial hair, and now I like my chin strap as much as uh the next guy, so. Well, won't they be surprised when you step up on the set? I know. I'm going to be ten times bigger and ten <laughs> times hairier. They're going to be kind of shocked. Yeah, yeah. We'll just say you've been working out. Exactly, for ten years. 
So it looks like our next guest is ready for us. So we're gonna we're gonna jump on the line and talk to him. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is our second guest of the night, and he's a great independent wrestler. He, I'm sure he'll tell you himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Gino Toll You So. That's right, that's right. Frank Sinatra of the Spanish Mafia is live and in living color. Here I am. I mean, what better way to start off this interview than tell you I told you so. All right, and you also remember the rule about PG language, correct? Absolutely. Thank you. So, uh, did you uh, do you have that uh, that promo for us? Uh, we'll, we'll do that. We just I just realized we forgot was the last guest. So, if you're ready to do that, we'll go ahead and do that. Then we'll start with the interview. We can do that. All right, ready? I'll count you down. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Gino. Told you so, Rivera. And you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling granny hoaxer and the modern nightmare, Matthias. All right, that was perfect. So we'll start out with the interview here by you giving us a little background about yourself, and I'll ask you a few questions. We'll do a roundtable. And then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher question. So go ahead. Give us a little quick little background. Well, my name is Gino Rivera. I've been wrestling for 15 years. I was trained by Santino Bros Wrestling in Los Angeles, California. I am an active performer all around the United States, traveling consistently nonstop, and I'm living out my dreams to the wildest, you know, to the wildest road I can live. So that's – uh. That's pretty much where Gino Rivera, you know, starts and ends right there. With that being said, you know, I, I I've watched a few of your matches, and I just got I just got to tell you, I just love when you're watching you in the ring, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the show with us tonight, but I'm just kind of curious about your style because I've seen different things. Are you more of a high flyer like Rey Mysterio? Are you a technical wrestler like Bret Hart? Are you a brawler like Stone Cold Steve Austin? The way I was trained, I was trained by Joey Chaos, uh, who is basically one of the top stars in XPW on the West Coast under Rob Black. And because of his training, I am able to wrestle any style of any form. That includes lucha, that includes being technical, that includes, includes being you know, a brawler. Um, I can do it all. Is there any kind of style that you don't like? I don't prefer deathmatch wrestling. It's not my style. I respect the guys that do it. I respect my peers, my friends that are in that style of wrestling, but it's never been for me. And it's funny that I say that because all 11 trainers of mine were deathmatch wrestlers. Uh, it's just not my style. However, I have, I have wrestled the deathmatch style it's just not for me. Well, that that is cool. I, I'm with you on that. Well, we got a uh, we got one of my co-hosts that will talk to you a little bit about that in a little bit. But before we do that, the other question I'm going to ask you before we pass it off to Granny is: When you are wrestling, are you more of a babyface, an in-betweeny, a heel, or are you more of a crowd guy? So I am a heel through and through. I was taught very early in my career, you're either one or the other. There's no in-between. You're either a heel or you're a face. 
you're either a bad guy or a good guy. You're Hulk or you're Andre. You know what I mean? So um, for the past 15 years of my career, I have been a strong heel. Almost every territory, city, state, anywhere that I go, I am one of the most hated wrestlers on the scene, and I take very, I take a, I'll take a lot of pride in that. Well, I'll tell you what, this is going to get interesting real quick. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to the Godmother Wrestling. It's Granny Hawkster, and she just loves hanging out with the heels when they're no, I when, don't. when they come I out the ring. So, don't you lie to our guest? So, Granny, well, what do you got well, for guests? Go ahead. Welcome to the show, and I do not like the heels. As a matter of fact, I despise the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to people like you. So I think if I was ever at a wrestling show that you would be at, I think we would have a lot of fun because the heels, I live in Arkansas. So I go to Oklahoma a lot, you know, for wrestling in Arkansas for independent shows and the heels always tell me, sit down and shut up before I break a hip, or they'll say, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? Well, and I just tell them if they think they're man enough to, you know, make me sit down and shut up, go ahead and try. But I think I would have a lot of fun talking some smack to you. You sound you sound like a very, very bad man. <laughs> I think I'm a, a very, lot of very fun. bad man, and I can tell you this. I could tell you were from Arkansas by the way you were thinking. I counted 14. Well, but now, I was not born and raised in Arkansas. I'm originally from Kansas. I was born and raised in Kansas. I, even, I even have only, even, even I've only been in Arkansas since uh, 1988. Even worse, so. state, uh, I can tell now your teeth count went down from four to two, and I can tell by the way you're talking because you almost whistled <laughs> as you said my, you know, what you were going to say. It was like, I well, love what, what, whatever, 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 whatever. But my well, question I, I can tell to have you, a, but my I can tell we have a lot of you. fun, but, uh, um, you know, ma'am, I, I, I do I do agree with the audience. You do belong in a, a nursing home, and uh, unfortunately, you're not my kind. I, I wouldn't well, have a you know what? You're anywhere. not my kind either, but that's okay. So my question for you is, what has been your most, difficult match you've had in your career and who was it against the most difficult match in my career was probably against uh an opponent named fred rosser darren young where i had a match with him in pomona california and i've never been more exhausted sick and nervous and scared and excited at the same time and i got through it but mid-match i did not think i was going to survive and that was that was one of the most scariest moments of my life where I felt like I was I was more than fatigued I was not capable of finishing a match but I pushed through and um, that was probably the only time that I've ever felt that I've wrestled Darren Young tons of times but uh, or Fred Rosser as you guys know him. I've wrestled him from New Japan WWE he was part of the Nexus um, I wrestled him a few times but that was one match where I was like what is wrong with me and, you know, it's always good to get your health checked out and make sure you're okay. And, you know, that's what commissions are for and doctors are for and insurance. You know, you want to be in the best shape of your life because being ring ready and being, you know, gym ready are, are two different things. You can look good in the gym, but once you step in that ring, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball game. I've watched football players pass out, baseball players, basketball, you name it, um, Wrestling is not for everyone, and sometimes it's not even for the boys that are in there and the girls, respectfully. 
That is that is awesome. We have Mr. I Told You So, Gino, as our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. And the next guy I'm going to introduce you to, he is our resident wrestler, and I believe he said that he saw a match of yours, and he said that he could probably take you in a match. So what do you, what do you have, uh, Matthias? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic Champion, Matthias here. And as Icon, you may know, Mr. Rivera and I have stepped face-to-face, not in the oh ring. Oh, my God, who the hell cares? You see, the disrespect from the loser host and the loser guest host, it's just unbelievable. The number one heel around the States right now is Gino Rivera. I respect him wholeheartedly. He actually just successfully defended his AIWF Cruiserweight Championship a couple Sundays ago for Below Zero Wrestling against Samurai Del Sol, also known as Kalisto. Well-deserved victory, and not only that, but just wrestled Big Bill on AEW Dark. So much respect to Mr. Rivera here. Just wanted to announce that. I respect this man. He is one of the best heels I've ever seen perform in the ring. So, better than you? Well, we're about even here. He can get the crowd as good as I can. We have not stepped foot in the ring yet, and I soon to hope do that. Because, again, this man and I have had a couple of conversations behind the scenes. And he can teach me a lot, and I've seen him teach me quite a bit. So, in that, congratulations again, Mr. Rivera, to your successful championship defense against Kalisto, and then moving on to AEW to go against Big Bill. Much respect to you for that. But also, he should be our current BZW champion after Jack Ledger got a lucky victory over him a while back. But we won't talk about that. So now that all our listeners have fell asleep, do you have a question? Nope, I don't think so, Clay. But I guess my main question to you would be, I know you and I are two of the best heel wrestlers out there in the world today. But one of my questions to you was, there was there ever something that you used to struggle with in the beginning of your career or even during now? Or have you just been kind of, you know kicking butt and taking names ever since you started. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for those kind words. I mean, I almost cried. Uh, my, my heart wrenched a few, you know, like I, I almost reached out and called my mother and let her know I loved her. That is awesome. I don't think anybody's ever put me over that way, and I thank you. And, and I should have been put over like that when the show started. Uh, no thanks to the other uh, losers that, that, you know, you co-host with. But with that being said, um, there is – there has been a rumor, right, because I am fatherless. I was born without a father, but I think I am somehow connected to Mr. Perfect because there's not one thing in this world that I have struggled with, wrestling, life-wise, music. It doesn't matter. Speaking, public speaking, running for president soon, you, you, you never know what Gino Rivera is going to do. And, and one thing I have never struggled with, <clears throat> I mean – there's actually nothing. I, 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 don't, I can't tell you. I can't give you an answer, guys. But, um, you know, shout out to Mr. Perfect. You know, I could be his son because I am also perfect in every way. Yeah, you, you could definitely be a definite good replacement for a supposed Curtis Axel of Axel Mania because, again, the way you move in that ring fun. is absolutely flawless. I mean, I've seen you wrestle, 
Jack Ledger, which should have been an easy victory. He got, you know, the lucky the lucky one, two, three. Again, we won't talk about that. You should be our BZW champion, and I should be facing you for that championship at the upcoming shows. But enough about that. You defeated Kalisto Samurai Del Sol to retain your championship because you had your foot on the ropes. Again, very smart tactic by a very smart wrestler. And then you went on to wrestle Big Bill at AEW. Now, my another question you would be, what was it like being on the big scene? You know, like you've been in WWE, you've been all over the world, you've been in Japan, you've been here. What, how was it like moving up from the, uh, the indie scene, moving up to like, well, still in the indie scene, but moving up to the bigger, the bigger companies, getting the opportunity to wrestle with guys like Big Bill and um, uh, Keith Lee from WWE? Like, what was that like? Well, let me start off by saying uh, Kalisto is a cheater. I mean, what would you expect from a guy that hides his face behind a mask? And, I mean, wrestling me, you don't think I have ring awareness after 15 years knowing where the ropes are, knowing where my safety will lead me? <clears throat> With that being said, I beat Kalisto fair and square, which is why I still remain the AIWF cruiserweight champion. There is not a soul that can take that from me. Moving on to bigger and better things, of course, I would step in the ring with Big Bill, Big Will, whatever you want to call his name, but he is also a seven-foot piece of, of garbage that stood in front of me and decided to use baby oil. If you look really close, the man had baby oil. I was slipping and sliding all over that ring, and that man thought I was Enzo. You know what I mean? But, I mean... If, if, if they would have given me a, a heads up and, and checked him out before, you know, uh, we started the match, I'm pretty sure I would have Brooklyn stomped that man right through the ring and AEW would be on their knees begging me to sign with them and become the new face of AEW. Speaking it's just about, the referees, you know, man. Here, I'm sorry? It's just the referees. The referees aren't doing their job. Like the woman referee at BZW, she didn't, she didn't clearly see that your foot was underneath the rope, but she counted that three count. If she would have, the match would have definitely continued. Or if when you're wrestling Big Bill, that referee didn't check that clearly he was shinied up from baby oil. So that was a, a, another cheap advantage. And they call us the cheaters. All we do is way to get success. We get the one, two, three, no matter ways necessary. But they cheat with baby oil and the referees just in their pockets and we have to suffer for it. Look, it's tax time, right? It's tax season. I'm pretty sure Kaliso stuffed a 20 or, or a peso in that, in that lady ref uniform or something. I'm pretty sure Big Bill had a referee that was trained by Stevie Wonder or even worse, Earl Hebner. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's, that's how, you know, this injustice is going to go going on forward whenever I'm in the match. You know what I mean? No one can seem to beat me, so they've got to find a reason. They've got to find somehow to beat me, and cheating is always something they do. I'm the honest guy here. I'm the victim, not them. I'm the victim. With that being said, guys, I mean, yes, I've been on the big stage. I've, I've been on the big stage in WWE, and I've been here. I've been there in AEW. And, you know, um, all, these, all these guys, they have one thing in common, right? They all want to fight me. It's never me wanting to fight them. It's never me calling them. It's all them calling me. And I can see why. It's Gino Rivera, the Frank Sinatra of the Spanish Mafia. I'm one of the best professional wrestlers walking God's green earth. And there, that is a fact. You understand me? 
We got it. We have uh, Gino Told You So as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And, well, we have, well, let's see how long we got with you. We get, Well, we got about uh, 10 minutes here or so left with you. So I'm going to ask you a few uh, of the tougher questions here. Now, you mentioned that you've been with, you've, you've wrestled in AEW. You mentioned you've wrestled with the WWE. Let me ask you this. What do you think is going to happen now with the WWE with all the rumors going around? I, I think it'll be sold, you know what I mean, and and I hope it does get sold, you know what I mean. I hope I hope somebody buys it and turns it around and does something better with it than what we've had for the past. Gosh, I mean, I don't know, hold you, hold you guys, but for the past thirty five years that I've watched wrestling, it's been nothing but terrible stuff. So I hope somebody comes in, swoops in, and has a better mind and changes the sport as we know it. Change is good, and that's what everybody is afraid of. Everybody, everybody is afraid of change. You know, they don't want to see a green sky. They want the sky to stay blue forever. You know what I mean? And I I am a proponent for change. I don't care who buys it. I don't care what's done with it, as long as you give me professional wrestling. It's funny that you mentioned that. Our show actually started out that way seven years ago. We actually came on the to do the show about and talk about how bad the WWE was, how bad Monday Night Raw was, but that got boring after a couple of weeks. So we branched it out to where we are now. My que- my other question to you is, you know, you hope it's sold and I, I, I just can't imagine wrestling without having Vince McMahon involved somewhere. But the question that I have, we've seen what has happened when triple H was put in charge. And when Stephanie was put in charge, when Vince McMahon, we thought was completely retired, but yeah, I'm sure you've had, and I don't know if you're, you're willing to talk about it, but I'm sure you've had interactions with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. If you have, what is your thoughts on those individuals? I have had interactions with both. Um, to sum it up, <clears throat> pretty sure I can just say, you know, um, they were they're both great people. They both want to see this uh, industry excel. They have a great mind. I know they they want to take it further than their wildest dreams, further than where you know Vince McMahon has ever dreamed of, and they want to see this company thrive. You know, no one wants to see a dead business. No one wants wrestling to go back to you know pool halls and bingo halls and stuff like that. Even though I wrestle in those pool halls and bingo halls and bars and stuff like that, the WWE isn't where that needs to go back to. Um, with Stephanie, she's always been a kind soul a sweet lady and just a genuine person. Same with Paul, um, who you see on so TV. So complete polar opposites of what they play? Totally opposites. And I uh, hate to break their character, bust their balls, but, you know, like they're, they're, they're awesome people. And um, I couldn't picture anybody else besides Vince running that company. But obviously uh, we're in the midst of seeing a, a major sell. And as much as there'll be a sad day, it is what it is. You know, change is good. And um, you don't know what other people's plans might, you know, possibly help the sport of professional wrestling, you know, WWE. You know, somebody might be smarter with making business moves and decisions than Stephanie and Triple H. But they're both great people, and um, I, I wish them all the best. I hope something good comes out, and I hope they stick with the company forever. I'll tell you what, Gino, stick with us. we got to do a quick little thing here. We'll be right back. One second. And we'll be back. 
You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Now, back, back, compare and contrast AEW and the WWE. Which locker room and which behind the scenes is better, in your, in your opinion? Um, you know, I grew up a WWF guy. Uh, I was a channel changer as well. I was a WCW, WWF guy, flipper, you know, back in the uh, 90s. But WWE was always home. WWE is always something and somewhere I wanted to be. Um, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else, not in New Japan, Impact. Uh, I just had a, a wonderful experience with AEW uh, a few days ago and AEW in 2020 before the pandemic hit. And it was both wonderful experiences, but my heart remains with the WWE. It's, all where, it's where all of my, uh, my childhood dreams and my, my happiest moments lay and lie. And they, they run freely there, and I just would like to capture them again under that umbrella, in that ring, under those letters with the WWE. It's, it's just superior, calm, cool, collective, relaxing, and just one of the most professional uh, settings you could ever walk into. Like, you have no idea. Uh, I just can't even put, put into words how much WWE is just one thriving giant machine. So when you were backstage for the first time, I, and I, I want to get your experience, but would, I, if I ever had a chance to go backstage with the, the WWE, I, I have been backstage with WCW. If I ever had a chance to go backstage with WWE, and I, I want to ask you if it was like this. You know how in The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy first opened up the door and everything was in color, and it's just a wide array of scenery. Was, was that kind of what it was like for you when you first stepped on the WWE stage? Uh, yeah, you could say that, but I was already smartened up by the business. My trainers always told me that when you, once you go back there in those locker rooms, you are not a fan anymore. Uh, you leave that at the door. You're there to get a job. You're there to figure out how to get in, get your foot in the door. And you have to leave those childhood memories behind and kind of figure out, hey, how do I get on? How do I get back here? How do I obtain a job? And you're not the fanboy anymore. You're the, you're the wrestler amongst other wrestlers, and they want to be treated normal. Wrestlers sometimes don't want to talk about wrestling when they're around it all day. They want to be asked about, hey, how, how's my cat? So opening those doors, <clears throat> I felt... You know, I saw what I saw, I, I, I fanboyed out, and then I just let it go once I stepped foot, and I said, okay, now, I'm one of them. I need to figure out how to get back here. And it's, it's, a, it's a thing that every wrestler back there will tell you. They, they get that first day, wow, I'm here. Then the second day, they're like, okay, you know, it's time to work. You know, network, let's do it. Who do I talk to? How do I make a splash? How do I get in that ring to be seen? And that was always the goal. I've done extra work with the WWE every year since 2014, every single year, at least two to three times a year um, around the Southwest and the West Coast. And I've been told no literally for every single job back there, either no or not at this time, or we got something, oh, not right now, or this plan was canceled. But I've never given up hope. I've never given up faith. And 
you know, uh, WWE is just ultimately where I want to be. So with that being said, when you were when you were there for the first time and you who who was the you know, and I know that that you just said that you have to check your fanboy at the door, but there had to have been someone there that you were really looking forward to chatting with and meeting. Who would that be? Well, I mean, obviously I, I wanted to see The Undertaker and Vince McMahon. Those are the only two people in my head that I was like, if I see those guys I just want to say hello. I just want to shake their hand. I want to look them in their eye and say, you are the reason I'm in this business. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I, I, I didn't get that opportunity to meet either one of them until later into my career where Vince McMahon had um, all those allegations against him. And the last week where he resigned, I finally met Vince McMahon because I was in his way. And he looked at me and he shook my hand and said, hello, meaning get out of my way. You know what I mean? Um, that was the first time I met Vince. And then uh, The Undertaker, I would meet uh, in West Covina, and I totally got starstruck. I asked him for a photo, and I walked away, and I did not tell him what he meant to me and why I'm in this industry and what he meant to my mother, my family, how he saved my life. Uh, I couldn't even speak. I just got a picture, and I walked away. And all these years later, I'm just like, why didn't I say something? But um, those are two people I planned on meeting and speaking to, but I never got the opportunity to. So basically when you met, when you met all these individuals, I guess I would be, I guess I'm a different kind of cat. I guess I would have been, if I would have got to have Vince McMahon tell me to get out of his way or the undertaker say, hey, boy, move it. You know, I would have been drooling all over myself. It's like, oh, my God, it's 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 Vince McMahon. It's The Undertaker. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's The Rock. It's, you know. I'm going to point that out exactly, Icon. That is exactly the point that Gino is referring to because when I went to a seminar for Magnum Pro Wrestling, God rest uh, Jason Strife's soul, I was uh, at an event for – I was at an event. I was at a Magnum Pro event in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was a, a seminar led by Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis, And, of course, those – Maria was one of my favorite divas growing up back in the day when I was watching. And then, of course, Mike going where he went and marrying her and that kind of stuff and what they're doing now is incredible. But And I got to arrest, like I said, last couple weekends ago, we had Dirty Dango, Kalisto, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers ever, Ricky Morton, on the show. And, you know, you just – when you're a wrestler and you go into that locker room, you can't – you don't really sound boy out because you get to talk to them like they're just a normal human being. You're not just um, – fan that's getting to meet him for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden boom like for five minutes to get off grab the picture and a quick question and then you're gone like you're in there with them and you're in their world you're all brothers and sisters in that ring so it's not like you ever really fanboy out of course we're all marked for the business but we never really fanboy out for anybody because when maria and them walked in the door it was just hey how's it going good to see you or whatever and it was it wasn't like nobody was freaking out nobody was begging for autographs or pictures they just went in and did their business. I well, can tell, I'll tell you, you right what, now, we have... I saw Ricky I saw Ricky Morton literally sit next to me charging his phone, going off about something and you know what I mean? I it took me everything in my body to not go up to him and say, you know, how much he meant to me and, and fanboy out. Instead what I did is I let him do his duty, I let him do his match, I let him settle down, take off his clothes after he was done ranting and raving. Uh, I asked him for some advice. He gave me some advice, invited me somewhere, and I said, uh, 
do you mind if I got this photo from you? I'm not sure when I'd, uh, when I'm ever going to see you again, but I'd like to, you know, possibly see if I could take this photo. If not, it's totally fine. And he told me, grab your camera, kid, grab your camera. You know what I mean? And um, to me, that meant so much to me. Um, he's one of the oldest wrestlers I've ever met and one of the most respected. And I, I take a lot of, um, how can you say, selling in the ring. I, I stole a lot of his stuff. And just to, just to stand in a locker room with him, yes, you could fanboy all day and stare and look and ask him more questions. But you know what? That guy right there, you didn't want to. You didn't want to talk about any of that. You, you, you know, if he gave advice, he gave advice. But you know, I'm pretty sure guys like that hear, you know, oh my God, your match between this and this, and you know, they don't want to hear that. They want to know, hey man, uh, about you. I, I had a match with Darby Allen in 2019. We sat around for three hours and just talking about each other, not one wrestling, nothing. And then we called the match in five minutes. You know what I mean? But me and Darby Allen, he just sat me down and goes, tell me, tell me about you, man. You know, like what's your, uh, what's your high? Like what, what gets you, man? You know, and he wanted to know genuinely who I am, what I'm about. And we connected. So I'm at AEW the other day and gave him a hug and we went about our business, you know? So that's just how the wrestling business is, man. Once you're amongst your peers and, and the wrestlers you grew up watching in the locker room, it's a different, it's a different vibe. You, you're not, you're not allowed to fanboy. You're 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 a wrestler now. You're one of them. All that fan stuff is out the door and behind the guardrail. And that's an unspoken rule, but it's known to every wrestler to act a certain way. Uh, Gino told you so is our guest here. We got uh, we got about sixty seconds here, real quick here. If our fans want to check you out and see, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I've got everything on social media. I am actively on everything at Gino told you so. One word. Everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Gino, told you so, one word. Guys, check me out. Coming to a city near you. Next stop is Colorado. And real quick here, Gino, for those of, for those of you who listen to our, our, our show from time to time, you go to our Facebook page, Azure Air, Monday Live Monday. You like that. You go to 89.1 Kent FM page like that. Do a $10 month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a autograph from past guests, future guests, or current guests. Would you be one to send us a few uh, autographs there, Gino? Absolutely, absolutely. Anything to do to help the show. All right. I will send you the information on Facebook Messenger. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gino. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. I had so much fun. Thank you. And may I just say, Gino, it was a pleasure working with you, and I hope to see you down the road one-on-one one of these days. There you go. And, Gino, if you take it hard, I'll be in your corner. Gino and Russell. I'll see you soon. And, you, ma'am, you pick up your teeth off the floor. All right, there you go. That's funny. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Gino, I told you so. What, what a great guest, man. That was awesome. Well, it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, so we've got to take a quick little commercial break, and we'll be back after we hear these messages from our new sponsor, so stick with us. So you're outside looking at that ticking time bomb of snow on your roof. A phone call to Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal will solve that problem. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well, and all estimates are free. Once winter is over, they are ready for any concrete project you have. Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal at 701-866-9018. 
Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have one of Hollywood's elite actresses right now, ladies and gentlemen. She's going to tell us about fame and living forever. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Kimberly Ann Boynton. Hey, this is Kimberly Boynton. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare Matthias. Hey, Kimberly, how are you? It is so good to be able to talk to you. I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to try not to drool all over myself because I am a fan of yours and I have been for a long time. I thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on here. I feel really, really blessed to be here. Well, we appreciate that, and uh, as you know, the rule about PG language rules. Uh, I don't need to remind you, so you will just go no. from there. We have Kimberly. We have Kimberly Boynton as a guest. We got forty-five minutes with Kimberly. If she can last with us that long, we're going to ask you a few <laughs> good questions. We'll do a roundtable. We'll come back to me and ask you the tougher question. But first off, if you could give us a quick little background <clears throat> about yourself, and then we'll have some fun with this. Well, so. Um... Gosh, I don't know where to start. I've been in the industry. Performing arts is my passion. Um, I am a quadruped, professionally trained in dance, theater, vocals, piano, you name it. Uh, Performing arts is just my industry. Um, On the side of that, I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. So that's pretty much my full-time job. Uh, I guess I just enjoy working with people and, uh, you know, like I said, just just working with the people and watching them grow and, you know, evolve into what their best they could be. That's awesome. Kimberly Ann Boynton's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. So I'm going to ask you a few questions about some of the stuff that you, some of the projects you've done. And then, like okay. I say, we'll do a round table and then we'll come back to me and we'll talk about some of the other stuff that you're doing. One of the things that I, I, I'm kind of, I've been wanting to ask you about, the fact that you were in fame. I got to know, what was it like being in the TV show thing. Oh my God. It was the most amazing thing ever because as growing up, I was dance. That was it for me was that was my biggest passion was to be a dancer, uh, meeting Debbie Allen, meeting Paula Abdul. So finally, um, getting to be as I was, I was an extra. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was a main star or anything like that, but it was still just, it was the most amazing amazing opportunity ever uh got to meet debbie allen she's an amazing choreographer as as everybody knows um so it was just overall fun and then from that it evolved into i got to do paul abdul's knocked out video as a backup dancer for her as well too so again it was just a great opportunity and kind of got me started in the field and you know my love for doing you know dance film and you know everything else the stage and I believe you also used to produce a TV show with a certain zip code. Could you talk about that? Uh, 90210. Growing up with 90210 was great. Um, I remember, and this is going to probably date me way back, but when we used to have answering machines, uh, I remember I was, it was, I think it was my, my first year in college or something, and my roommate and I, we used to put on our answer machines, like I think it used to come on like every Tuesday or Wednesday, and so we'd write on there, or we'd say on our answer machines, you know, leave a message, we're watching 90210, don't call back until then, you know, kind of a thing. And so we grew up with all, I grew up with all the icons, um, you know, with Brandon and Dylan and all those amazing actors. 
uh, I started working at CBS FM, which was really when I first got to meet them because I got to do uh, on the road. We were doing Toys for Tots, and so I met the cast. And then what was really cool about it was they actually came to our Christmas party one year. This was back in the 90s. And uh, Jason Priestley, so sweet. I mean, the whole cast was just amazing. Uh, But he walked in, and he had – it was like a Christmas tree with like a dozen roses in it. It was just – it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And he had brought it to me. And so I was really excited. So I called my my roommate, who just was really crushing on Jason Priestley at the time, and her name was Tracy. And I said, Tracy, I said, somebody wants to say hi to you. So I put him on the phone, and he says, hi, Tracy, this is Jason Priestley. All you hear is just her scream on the other end. So he, like, pulls his, <laughs> his ear away from the from the phone, and I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, but from there, I just got to know some of them and kind of stayed in contact throughout the years. So when 90210 came back uh, over the last few years, it was just an opportunity for me to actually work with them on again and be part of something that was an icon, you know, for my growing up, you know, my childhood memories or my teen memories, young adult, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it was amazing. It was fun. Great cast. You know, the interesting thing is I, I kind of like how you mentioned, you know, your answering machine message. What, what it used to be when, you know, we're watching 90210. I, I know I recently called you, and I believe you changed your answering machine message or your voicemail message to, and if this is the icon, please stop calling me. <laughs> uh, Give me the boy yeah. Joe here on 89, 89.1 Kansas FM, and uh, I do want to introduce you to our, our, my first co-host. She is a very big fan of Beverly Hills 902. As a matter of fact, I don't think she ever missed an episode unless there was a special <laughs> wrestling event going on. So, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Kimberly Ann? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. And yes, I did like to watch you know, 90210, it was one of my favorite shows to watch back in the day. Mm-hmm. So what was one of your, what what did you enjoy so much about being able to work with a cast of such great talent that was on that show for years? I mean, they were just absolutely amazing people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were it was fun. It was behind the scenes kind of stuff that, you know, obviously isn't shown on TV and the bloopers, but they were just fun to be around. Um, they were down to earth. A lot of people, you know, they, obviously there was, you know, it had its drama, but that kind of goes with, you know, anything that you do in life. But it's just, I think it was a fun times and the joking and the bantering and just, you know, they were regular people. So I never really, I don't think I was ever really starstruck I mean maybe when I was watching it I was but then once I got to meet them and they became people which that's what everybody is you know regardless how big or small you are they're still humans and they're still people um it was just a different experience because then it took the pressure off of oh this is Jason Priestley or you know um Dylan and you know Shannon Doherty I when I got to do it, obviously Shannon wasn't around at the time, but they were. Just, it was just the fun of the stuff that was behind the scenes kind of thing that made it fun. Well, I love Shannon Doherty anyway. She was one of my favorite actresses. I've seen her in so many other shows over the years. You know, Charmed. I mean, yeah, it just you know she was. I loved Charmed. I loved her when she was on Charmed. That was just. I still watch the old reruns even today, you know, and I think I've seen every episode that they've made 
several times, but it's just a oh, pleasure yeah, to have you on our show with us tonight. Well, thank uh, you Kimberly so much Williams again for having me. Yeah, no problem. We, we we love you. Don't go away yet. We still got uh, well, oh, we still no, got I'm forty minutes here with you. All right, we still got forty minutes here with you. We get we got a lot more to talk about. Now I want to introduce you to Matthias. Now his theme song, uh, the theme song for your TV show, Fame, Fame, I'm Gonna Live Forever. Uh, Matthias used to use it as his uh, come to ring song before he got really big into business. So what do you have for our guest there, Nightmare? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic Champion. Welcome to my part of the program. My name is Matthias. Um, and the thing, he said he got his ego from Mr. Priestley. Think about that. No, I got my yeah. I got my. Uh, <laughs> I got a I got a supposed ego from a lot of people, but I just call it a lot of self confidence because a lot of people try to put me down and you know what? They always say I got a big ego, but at least I could talk to myself in a positive sense where they're always being negative about themselves. So I could say, Yes, I got an ego, but I can think positive about my own self. But anyway And I love um, it. Love that. Exactly, exactly. People people say I've got such a big ego, it's like hey, I'm at least I think myself positively, unlike you. But anyway, my uh, my question to you would be is, what was one of your uh, favorite things about your career? What was one of you, what got you into it, and what has been one of your favorite things that you've done in life so far? And you can't say this show because that'd be too easy. <laughs> uh, that's a funny. Qu- that's funny. Actually, I have a, a funny answer for that. So, like I said, growing up, I was professionally trained. I started when I was three, so I started doing dance, uh, singing. I guess just kind of came along with it. I didn't actually even take singing lessons then. Uh, Piano was something that I had to do every day for an hour while my grandparents took a nap. So I just kind of played around on the piano and made myself sound like I was doing something. And I just kind of learned how to play piano by ear until later when I, you know, started learning how to read music and pick up the flute. But getting into the career is is funny because – I was, I want to say it was right before college. I think I was 19, 1920. And so I, I was dating a guy that I worked with, and he was a musician, but he was also a music major in college. And so he he taught the drum classes. And so there was a, a production school or some kind of performing arts school that he was filling in for a friend for. And so I remember that day he was like, oh, do you want to go with me to this performing arts school? I have to teach a drum class. And in my mind, I was like, not really. But <laughs> I was like, okay, fine, I guess <laughs> hey, I'll go. I know go. the feeling. I've had, I've had girls, talk, I've had girls uh, diss me that way, too. So, hey, I, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I was just listening. I was th- in my mind, I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm going to sit there and, you know, watch him teach drums to a bunch of little kids. Or, I don't know. It just, it just didn't sound appealing for a Saturday. So, but I went, and so it was at uh, an elementary school, I remember, somewhere in, like, the Carson area or something South California. And so I go there, and there was different things going on. So, yes, he was teaching the drum class, but then in the auditorium they were doing a dance class, and there was cheer, and there was, like, all kinds of different stuff. So, of course, I gravitated over towards the dance class, and I'm watching it, and that's right up my alley. So I'm talking to this lady, and we just connected and, you know, didn't know who she was. 
um, but it was the Blackwell International Academy of Performing Arts, which was run by Marlene Dubb. At that time, still not knowing who she was, I'm telling her, oh, yeah, I'm a dancer. I've been dancing since I was three. She says, really? She says, well, we're looking for a new dance teacher. Would you be interested? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I get to talking with her. You know, she says, can you start today? What do you know about cheer? I said, well, I could do that too. So she throws me into the cheer team like right away. So I'm out there. I'm having fun. Found out later on, um, I don't know if it was the end of the day or maybe like the next time that came around, it was Whitney Houston's aunt. And so I was like, and Whitney Houston at that time for me was just like the goddess of all soul and music and vocals, you know, along with Mariah Carey. So here I am like, oh, my gosh, I'm working with Whitney Houston's aunt, you know, and so this, what started out as, no, I don't want to go with you to your drum lessons turned into this big major career move for me, you know, working alongside Marlene Dove. She, um, she brought me in. I became her dance teacher. She taught the ropes of all the industry from how to book the talent to running her office. I became her personal assistant. Um, and it was just, it was a whole different side of the entertainment world that I didn't know about um, and how I got into doing all the things that I was doing from that point on. But again, as things go, when you're that young and you get that much money and you think when you have that much money and you're buying all your friends stuff, you have that many friends too until the money's gone and then your friends are gone too. So (laughs) it was kind of like a a life lesson kind of a thing, but that's how I got involved with all the performing arts uh, industry uh, at such a young age. And then from there I just went on and opened up my first dance school, uh, started my performing arts academy in Vegas uh, in 2004, which is still, you know, going today. And I think, so the second question was, what was the highlights? Um, actually, when I was in Vegas, I actually got to do, and I was only there for uh, three years or so, I actually got to do more things in Vegas than I did out here. And I think it's just because even though it's Vegas, it's a smaller, I guess, like community or whatever you want to call it, but it was easier to get into. So I actually got to make a CD at the time, and I got to perform in the Stardust before it imploded. Um, I was you know, singing all over the place, and next thing you knew, which just kind of blew up in Vegas and then just moved back here and continued all of everything of what I'm doing. That is awesome. Kimberly Ann Boynton's our guest here, and uh, Matthias forgot to mention that he'll be performing at a local gas station next to the full service pumps, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kimberly, <laughs> we, we, we need to take a quick little break. Uh, can you hang out uh, with us for the next segment? Absolutely. All right, we'll be back after these messages. Folks, stick with us. Tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. and join me, Jolt Merry Night, as my music from outer space gets intercepted by your eardrums. We've got rock. We've got electronic. We've got old novelty records. We've got pizza. Okay, that technology is still being worked on, so until we can perfect the transmission of a pizza directly to your mouth, for now we can have an hour-long buffet of rock and roll every Friday night. That's Rock and Roll Space Station, Fridays at 8 p.m., right here on the best station in all the galaxy, and Fargo, of course, Ken's FM. And that is an awesome show to listen to, and we also have a lot of other cool shows here, like this one and Ken's uh, Ken show on Saturday nights, featuring the newest in well, the newest in music entertainment. So check that out. As a matter of fact, 
I believe it was last weekend that uh, Ken played one of my favorite songs on his show, The Man of Constant Sorrow, which is definitely my theme song until I got married. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So anyway, <laughs> we're back here with Kimberly Ann Boynton. So uh, uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about what uh, what you're doing now. There's uh, we, we do get most of our information from IMBD, uh, imdb.com here on the show. So if this information is inaccurate, you'll have to blame them, not our producer. But... <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Let's talk about uh, Clowny. Tell us about that. What's what's going on with that? Are you are are you hanging out with a bunch of clowns? Are you guys wishing you were bozo? What what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> so Clowny is actually we're in uh, still producing or in production. So I'm a producer on there as well as a supporting actress. Um, it's with a uh, producer Joe Kelly, who I work a lot with um, in the industry, and he's a very good friend of mine. Um, my grandson is actually Clowny, so he's five years old, so he will be playing that role. Uh, so we shot it. it was It was really fun. It's a horror movie, but it's really good. Um, it's not about clowns, uh, which is funny because it goes with the Clown Motel series that Joe Kelly has produced, uh, Clown Motel 2, which is about clowns. But this is more of a little boy who has this doll and with this doll it's kind of like a chucky kind of a thing where doll is like real life but there's this dream sequence which has like Hansel and Gretel in it and um, the trolls under the bridge kind of a thing so it's really unique and we shot most of it here uh, at my house for the the house scene and then some other shots around town, um, but we're going to be going to Texas, I believe, sometime this year to finish it out. And so we're still, you know, shooting the dream sequence that has to be finished. So it'll probably come out sometime, I would say, next year. But um, it's a really, it's a really fun movie. It's fun to work with my friends on this um, because everybody in this, I'm very good friends with, and um, obviously, and then having my grandson in here as well. So it's really fun. Uh, Kimberly Ann Boynton is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. For those of you who listen to our show from time to time, know that if you go to our Facebook page, Azure Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Ken's FM page on Facebook, you like that. If you attend our month donation, Power Tower, you win an automatic, you'll get qualified to win a picture from a past guest, current guest, or a future guest. Kimberly, would you be willing to send us a few for our giveaways for our show? Absolutely, yes. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, we we have, uh, we have well, we still have about thirty here, thirty minutes here with you, and uh, hopefully you won't get too bored with these questions. I'm going to ask you a few more, and then uh, uh, we're me and Matthias. Well, mostly me, but me and Matthias are going to be in a new uh, movie coming out here called The Legacy: The Possession, and it's done by Rod Smith and Tatiana. And uh, I'm going to ask you some advice about uh, that in a little bit. One thing I am kind of curious about is what your what you originally thought when you first saw yourself on the Hollywood Weekly magazine. Oh my gosh, that was um I have that <laughs> issue by the way. Oh, do you really? Okay. <laughs> um I don't know. You know what? It, it's still I think it was overwhelming to see it. I mean, I was so excited because on the back end, I've always been, um, I used to work for a magazine and I was the editor in chief for a celebrity magazine. So I was always on the other end of it. So seeing myself on the cover of the magazine was actually really neat. And we launched that magazine last year at my birthday party. I had a big VIP celebrity birthday party in May. And so they brought it down and delivered it that day. So I hadn't seen it ahead of time. 
um, when I did the interview, it was kind of interesting because usually when I do talk shows or interviews, they always ask me this kind of, you know, these kind of questions like, what are you working on? What are you doing? You know, tell us about this TV show. And this particular journalist, which she did her due diligence, and I was really proud of that because I'm a journalist as well too. So she'd hit me with some the other end of stuff of like life tragedies and things like that. And the first thing that went through my mind was who did she talk to? Who was she talking to? Did she call my mom? Did she call, like, how did she know this information? And it bugged me the whole time. And so when she wrote the original article, there were some things I had to edit in there because there were some things I said in realness, but, you know, not wanting her to print. So I had to go back and kind of edit some of the stuff. But um, so that was kind of funny, but it just it, it was sticking with me the whole time. Like, how did she know this information about me? And so I Googled myself um, for the first time on Google, and the first thing that popped up was my therapy stuff, which, you know, it wrote on there what I'm a survivor of and, you know, things like that. So I thought, oh, great, that's how she got that. <laughs> but it just kind of threw me for a loop when somebody asked me, like, questions that I don't get asked. So, um, but yeah, seeing myself on the front cover of the magazine was, um, and still is to this day, just, I don't know, it, it's just so surreal, I guess. I don't, it, it, it's unbelievable still. <laughs> so I still have, so a cop- let me ask, I have copies here. So let me ask you this, what, did you do like I would have did? You went out and bought 200 copies, sent one to all your enemies, all the people that said that you wouldn't <laughs> uh, make it into business. Did you do that or is that just a me thing? You know what, I always thought, you know, when I, if I ever got to that point, that would be something my brain would say, but I'm really not that type of person. So I just figured, you know, they're going to see it or, you know, everybody knows what I'm doing and my my pages are public. So I'm not that vengeful type of person anymore. (laughs) And I say that anymore because I've gotten older because that was in the back of my mind, but no, I, I, I did have it on my, I think it was a, my profile picture for a while just to have it up there. and um, But, no, I mean, the thought kind of did cross my mind, but eh, it wasn't worth it in the end. <laughs> you know, and, you know, to prove that I do own a copy of that, see, you're, okay, you're on the cover. You mm-hmm. are on page three. You're on page wow. four and page five. You're also on page six and seven. So you were on the first seven, the first eight, basically pay, uh, subjects of the uh, of the magazine, and which was cool because I only wanted to read about you, and I'm not just saying that because it's you. The other question I'm going to have, you know, not only were you on the cover of Hollywood Weekly, but you also had a show named after yourself, Keeping Up with Kim. What is it like having a show named after yourself? Well. So that's another funny story, too. So I have two. So I have Keeping It Real with Kim, and I have Keeping Up with Kim. Keeping It Real with Kim is a talk show, um, which is already in post-production, so that's getting ready to drop um, on Amazon Prime and Hulu and and, um, Roku TV within the next couple months. But it's that one started out as just Facebook stuff. Like, I really – nothing really – I never really went after anything. It just – everything kind of fell in my lap, but – We used to, so here at the house, it was kind of crazy because we had all my kids that lived here. Um, I have a bonus son. I call him my bonus son because he's been living with me now for like the last 10 years, um, and he's like my bonus son. But we used to make these funny videos, just live Facebook videos. And I started saying, um, 
on the on the caption or whatever uh, what had happened was or just some caption that I put on there, and then people started telling me, you guys really should make a YouTube channel. You guys are really funny and, you know, and this, that, and the other. So, again, me being a therapist on the side of things, one day I decided I had a friend at the time that had a podcast, and I thought, you know what, I want to do stuff where everything is just real, you know, and just real talk, you know, real people, because I – Again, being on this side of it, like you, you say things like, you know, like working with like these big name stars and to me, they're just like people. So that's why I think it's just, it doesn't hit me that, you know, they're celebrities or, you know, anything like that. They're just people. So I wanted to keep it real. So I started out saying, oh, let's do this podcast called Keeping It Real with Kim. And then a friend of mine was like, well, why don't you take that a step further and do a talk show? which I had always wanted to do. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, let's do that. And so we started with that. And then keeping up with Kim was more the other stuff of like, you know, along the same lines as the Kardashians or Bling Empire, or, you know, any of the other reality shows out there is just basically um, because everybody kept saying like, you're so many places at one time, like one minute you're on the red carpet in Hollywood and next thing you know, and you're in Las Vegas and next thing you know, in the mountains and then, over the weekend, we're at a wrestling match, and, you know, it's like, how do you keep up with yourself, and, you know, I'm doing all these different things, and multi-business owner, and so we just kind of went with the whole keeping up with Kim, and uh, so it was kind of, it was kind of unique, because they kind of cross, you know, referenced each other, you know, with the two shows, but we're still in production with keeping up with Kim, and we just uh, did a segment over the weekend, we had a wrestling event um, on Saturday night, and so I got to do the red carpet um, pre-interviews with the wrestlers and some of the other talent that was there. Um, so we're still in production with like, Keeping It Real with Kim is about to drop in the next couple of months. So I'm excited for that. And uh, I'm sure that uh, if you uh, are looking for a interesting guest, me and Matthias would <laughs> love to be on your show. Absolutely, hands down. I'm just, I just want to know why Matthias wasn't in our wrestling event on Saturday. Matthias, why weren't you there? What, what what were you thinking, buddy? Well, you know, I've yeah. always got my, my pages right open for contact, and I'm always down to go to some place and do wrestling events. You know, I am North Dakota's number one heel, the man from every woman's greatest dream. I just have to get contact. But, you know, if I, if I would have been in contact a little while back, I would have, but I decided to take my girlfriend out to a lovely uh, little vacation for Valentine's Day since, of course, it is tomorrow, so... Well, isn't okay. that well, romantic? I appreciate that. <laughs> well, the good so, thing Kim, is the other one's coming up. <laughs> well, send me some info, and you bet your bottom dollar I'm there. Well, well Kim, I, and we, we, I would love to have Matthias uh, booked with, on your wrestling event. I, I guarantee you, and I'm not just saying it because you're here, and I'm not saying because, you know, Matthias, you know, I, I – I think I'm still more well known than he is. At least I think so in my mind, anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, he would be perfect. Uh, he would uh, he would tear the house down, and he would uh, bring the masses to your to your event if you had him on your show, your wrestling show. Well, definitely have to plan for that. I think our next one coming up is in April, um, and we're actually in the process of starting a wrestling school out in this area as well, too. Um, but I used to, I, I heard you when you guys were talking to Gino beforehand and you guys were talking about wrestling. I actually used to have a wrestling school uh, back in the 90s, and I managed all the luchador wrestlers. 
we used to bring the students from out here in California and take them over to Ray Mysterio Sr.'s wrestling school out in, uh, in Mexico, and then he would train them, and he would give them their name, and then we had a fashion designer that would do their costumes, we'd do their storylines, and then we would come back and put them into, at that time it was when WWF and WCW and ECW and, you know, AAA and all that other stuff was all segregated. So we used to bring them back here, and that's how we got Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis and Conan and everybody into WWF uh, way back in the day. So wrestling was something I was into at that time until I saw my first luchador match, and then it just from there was just like that was that was great. I don't even know what they were chanting in the arena. Um, I saw it in Mexico was Ray Mysterio Sr. versus Psychosis, uh, hair versus mask, and I was up on my chair just chanting along with whatever they were saying too because it was just it was just so entertaining and the acrobatics and everything. So um, now my my business partner, my best friend, is the one who's doing all the wrestling. So you know I kind of got back into it, and along with a very good friend of mine, WWF Al Burke, uh, Mr. Outrageous, uh, we got to commentate that event Saturday together. That is really cool. Kimberly Boyton's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have, well, we, we still have a point in time. we got about 19 minutes. Now, one thing I'm going to ask you, Kim, because, you know, you've been in Hollywood for a long time, and uh, Matthias and I are just kind of basically getting our feet wet, so to say. But can you give he and I some advice on what we should do for the first film project that he and I are going to be going to? It's called The Legacy, The Possession. Um directed by Rod Smith. Can you give us a little some pointers? What should we do? What Absolutely. We do? I think the first and foremost is just branding yourself, getting out there as much publicity as you can. I never realized how much social media was like played such a big important game in this, but when I first started out, um, it just started I started going to the red carpets and I started seeing everybody and mingling and networking with everybody. Um, from there, became really good friends with a lot of the producers. So I think the more that you attend the red carpet events, whether it's something small as a movie premiere or, you know, some kind of event that's going on in your area, um, but definitely getting out there, getting your name out there, having business cards all the time. And I'm not going to lie, I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, but once you get your feet wet in there, you start seeing the same people, you start seeing the producers and the directors, and they start knowing who you are. It makes a big deal, like, the minute a producer remembers you or director remembers you, and they're like, oh, Kimberly, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, my God, they remembered me. And I get so excited to this day still that I'm like, oh, my God, they knew who I was, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was a lot, a lot of work. I mean, it got to the point where it was like social media all day long for me, making posts and TikTok. And I'm still learning how to do the whole TikTok thing. But you got to remember, I mean, a lot of what we're doing now, we're targeting um, the younger generation, and this younger generation is funny because they don't see celebrities like we saw celebrities. Um, we can say names, and I, I did a career fair one day for a middle school, and so the first question all the kids ask is, oh, who's the most famous person you met? And so I'll throw out these names, and they're just looking at me like with this deer in the headlights, and then when they say, oh, well, do you know this person, this person, this person, they're shooting off these names, and I'm thinking in my head, like, I have no idea who they're talking about. And I go back and I, I Google it, and they're all TikTok famous people or YouTubers. or So this generation that you're, you're marketing to is all about social media. And so if you don't know 
social media, then it's just you have it's something you have to know. Um, and it just finally got to the point where it was like it, I couldn't do it anymore, so I started having my daughter do it um, and making posts every day. And you know, just as long as your face is out there all the time, and um, at least like five or six posts a day, just to really brand yourself. Um, it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm keeping that one real. It's a lot of work, but the more things you go to, uh, the more you get to know everybody. It is time consuming, but in the end, you follow your dream. And when you see something like what you said about, you know, me hitting a cover of a magazine, uh, me having a TV show, it, it's worth it in the end. But it just doesn't stop there. It just means you have to work harder. So, unfortunately, it's just one of those never-ending things until you become, you know, so big that, you know, you have a team doing it for you. But definitely in the beginning, it's just branding yourself, getting out there, getting your name out there, um, meeting the right people, and just just constantly just hitting the ground and networking. Networking is a huge thing, you know, all the time. Is there anything, is there any rule that says you can get yourself out there too much? No, not at all. There's there's just always so much to do. I mean, you can literally seven days a week, you know, multiple times a day, be it some kind of event. Um, and for me, I, I really had to slow it down in December. I actually took a hiatus in December, uh, one, because my daughter was having her baby, but two, it was just I spent all last year doing that. And it was just every night. And for me, where I live, as opposed to where Hollywood and all the events are, it's a good two-hour drive, and that's without traffic. So it was some of those times where if it was a weekend event, I'd have to, you know, stay out that way or something. But, no, you can never get out there too much. And not only that, I mean, it is fun. The experience is fun. The people you meet are great. Uh, the contacts you meet. But definitely, once you make a contact, you want to send them an email you know, hey, it was great to meet you last night because, I mean, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing and just reminding them. And I think one of my downfalls last year, too, was I met so many people and so many people were reaching out to me like, hey, we want to do this show with you, we want to do a show with you, we want to do a show with you. And I just got so overwhelmed. Like, I, you know, there was a couple things I dropped the ball on, you know, last year that um, it just became so overwhelming. But like I said, in the end, it's worth it when you see yourself you know, on the screen or in a magazine or on TV, it just, it becomes worth it. So, no, you can never get out there enough. That's awesome. Uh, Kimberly Boyden's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have, we had about 14 minutes here left with Kim. So we talked about Clowny. What else do you have in the works that you can talk about? Like, you, are, are you going to be writing a book? You got another project that you're working on? Or uh, are there projects that you really can't really discuss right now? Yeah, I do have some other projects I can't di discuss right now. Um, but mainly right now, my main focus is the, the three projects of Keeping Up With Kim, Keeping It Finishing Out Clowny, uh, Clown Motel 3, and the trilogy of the Clown Motel. And uh, with, uh, with the... With Clowny, how how many? I think she dropped them. We we got disconnected. That's that, that's never happened before. Uh, hopefully she'll call back. So Matthias and Granny, let's uh, let's hope she she'll call back. I don't know if she will or not, but we'll see. Because well, we we still got uh, 13 minutes here before our theme song hits. So guys, uh, we got a big show next week. But I'm not going to reveal who's on because I want people to go to our website. 
However, I'm going to drop a hint right now. <clears throat> we are we are going to have a celebrity's daughter with us next week. Any thoughts, guys? I have no mm. idea right now. Well, no. What do you think of the fact that the uh, we're going to have a celebrity's daughter on with us? I mean, it's always interesting having uh, people related to celebrities on or other celebrities and stuff like that. It's always different having, uh, like, like I said, different guests, different shows is always is always interesting. And uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going to try and get our uh, our guest to call back. Hopefully, she will because I still have some other things to talk about. But you. Were you wrestling this weekend with us? No, like I said, I was uh, exploring uh, the Mall of America. I took my, my lovely girlfriend out for a lovely, relaxing weekend for Valentine's Day because, again, it is tomorrow. So I thought I'd do something a little extravagant, and we got a nice hotel room. We went around the Mall of America, got to do some shopping, got to see all the cool attractions, Nickelodeon Universe, uh, Fly Over America, the 5D attraction in there. We did an escape room we did a mirror maze we did a lot of fun uh little fun activities throughout the day on saturday and then sunday well we had some good meals at the rainforest cafe in margaritaville and then after that we came back sunday and just relaxed and cooked something healthy because of course we ate a bunch of uh, bad food uh, over the weekend so kim are you back i am back i thought Oh my gosh! Did I say something wrong? They disconnected me. <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't us. Uh, I, I'm used to people hanging up on me. Just, uh, you know, just ask my relatives. Uh, they have my phone number saved, like like you. They have my phone number saved in their cell phones. Do not answer this. Anyway, Aww. that's a, that's that's, that's a, we 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 got uh, Kim White in here. So I guess we we got about uh, 11 minutes here left with Kim. So now my question was, I don't know if you you caught it or not, but how many more filming days of Clowny do you have left? A lot. We're probably going to take the rest of this year to finish it out. We just did some pickup shots uh, three weeks ago. We have another one that's coming up in the next couple weeks. But we're kind of, for me, it's kind of hard because I have a whole bunch of different things in between time that I'm working on. Um, And then we're going to the Grammys in March. So it's Basically, everybody's looking at my schedule to work things around because we did shoot it here at the house. And so um, I guess they're all just waiting on me to free up my schedule so that, you know, we can get a weekend here. Uh, One of the weekends that we had scheduled, something else came up or somebody got sick or, you know, so I guess it's kind of on my timeline now that they're just waiting on me so we can get some pickup shots here. Uh, and then flying out to Texas, you know, sometime this year as well, too, to do the dream sequence. And then it goes into the post-editing and then all that. So we, we have the probably the rest of the year to do this. You know, it's interesting. You know, Joseph Kelly, you know, he was on our show uh, uh, December 12th of 2021. And oh. you, you, can, you can ask him, about, uh, you can say, hey, guess what? I was on that uh, the, that uh, show with the, with the icon and Granny Hulkster and, uh, Matthias, you know, and then they're like, what one? You know, the one with the Eagle guy from North Dakota. Oh, that one. And I had asked, <laughs> I asked Joe, I said, can you hook us up with Kimberly Ann? I, I asked him that. And he said, well, here's how to reach her. Go ahead, try it. And I did. And here you are. 
Oh, well, I'm have to thank Joe for that. I, if he's not working, he should be listening because I told him I was just with them. They were with us at the wrestling event. Uh, he's one of my producers for my TV shows as well. And then I don't know if you know Dave Bailey, but he's my writer. He plays Golden Ager in the Clown Motel series. Uh, and so he's one of my writers. But we just all work closely together on a lot of the projects. And they're just, other than that, they're just really great friends of mine as well, too. Super down-to-earth people. Um, again, like I said, it's just everybody's just just friends to me. They're not even, you know, it used to be, it's kind of funny, me and Joe Kelly have this funny thing going on where last year or a couple of years ago, um, we were at a, an after party or something, and then we decided to skip out on this one because there was no food there. So we were all hungry, so I was getting ready to leave, and he's like, wait, where are you going? I said, we need to go eat. I'm like, there's no food here. He's like, what, there's pizza? There, it was like bar food. So I said, no, 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 we need real food. He goes, but wait, you're hanging out with Joe Kelly. And I looked down, and I said, dude, I hang out with you all the time. Like, what is that supposed to even mean? And so then this event that we got in, um, that I have coming up in a couple of weeks, he hits me up and he says, hey, are you going to such and such event? And I said, um, oh, no, he asked me if I was working it. And I said, no, I'm not working the event. Why would I work this event? I said, no, I'm not going. And so this person directly hit me up and invited me as her personal guest to this event. So I hit Joe back, and I said, hey, I said, I guess I am going to the event. He says, oh, what are you working? I said, I'm not working. I said, I got invited as a guest. He's like, what? What do you mean you got invited as a guest? He's like, we're working the event. I said, what was it that you said a couple of years ago? I said, you're hanging out. I'm hanging out with Joe Kelly. I kind of think you're hanging out with Kimberly now. Funny how that turned, huh? <laughs> so we just well, have a we have a great relationship. Well, you know, Matthias and I, Matthias and I say that all the time. It's like, no, no. We're not hanging out with you. You're hanging out with the icon. You're hanging out with Matthias. And, you know, we have another one of your co- co-stars from Clowney that was on, a guest on our show in November, uh, Ronnie Angel. Oh, Ronnie, he was just uh, wrestling with us on our Saturday event as well, too. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, Matthias challenged him to a match. and. Uh-oh. uh and unfortunately, uh, when uh, Ronnie said the stipulations, uh, Matthias uh, backed out really quick. I mean, no, that's not a, at all what happened, because as you already know, I've been through the ringer in death matches. I've played in glass, thumbtacks, barbed wire, cheese graters, chairs, tables, ladders, anything you could think of I've been hit with or hit somebody with. Well, we know you. We, you know we like to we we like to bust chops here on the show. But uh, Kimberly Boyden's our guest here. We got six minutes left here, so we can do this here, so we don't forget. If uh, our fans want to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I have it all. Uh, th- so there's two. I have my personal one, which is Kimberly Boynton, which obviously Kimberly spelled different, so it's the K Y M B E R L I. So it's just the Y and the I reversed. And then I also have my Keeping Up With Kim uh, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, so uh, YouTube, I, it's everything. So either my name or Keeping Up With Kim and Keeping It Real With Kim is all over social media. And there is one star that you have that in Clowney that, uh, you know, I like to do networking here on the show, as you uh-huh. can see, you know, Joseph Kelly and Ronnie Angel, and all, they, they all said that you'd be an awesome guest, and I'm glad that you joined us. But there is one co-star of yours 
uh, in Clowney that I was wondering if you could try and hook us up with. I understand if you can't, but it would be cool if you could try. Absolutely. Uh, Michelle Hill. Michelle Hill, she's awesome. She's in Texas, and she's also just been in uh, uh, some of the newer movies that just hit. We just did a red carpet premiere of um, the Bermuda Island that she's in as well, too. So she's in a lot of movies. But, yeah, absolutely, I can connect the two of you. She's a great, yeah, she'd be I, a great person to have on your show. Yeah, I want to talk to her about Arena Wars. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'll definitely put the two of you in contact. I appreciate that because we've had we've had so many people from that movie on our show, like uh, Michael Barain and Sherry Davis. We um, Michelle Hill's on my bucket list, so yeah. So we if I can get, uh, I'm working on getting Mercedes Peterson right now, and uh, eventually, hopefully, get uh, Michael Madsen, but. Yeah, if you could, if you, I, I, well, I'm already forever and you're dead for me on the show, but if you could definitely hook us up with Michelle Hill, that would be, you, you'd make my century. Well, I'm going to make your century because I'll absolutely put the two of you in contact. Um, yeah, there anybody, anybody else that you think of, uh, you have access to, you know, my friends on Facebook. And I'm, like I said, I'm friends with a lot of the industry. So some really great people out there. Uh, great producers, great uh, projects in the works. I don't know if you've ever talked to the Mahal brothers, but um, that's another great one to get because they're just spitting movies out left and right. And Sherry Davis and Michelle Hill, Joe Kelly, a lot of them are all in um, a lot of their movies. So they'd be great ones to get on your show as well, too. Well, you know, it's interesting. Everybody tells us to get them on. But I have no idea on how to contact them. I've looked all over to try and contact them, and I, I don't know where to find them. Maybe you can put me on oh, that path. You know what? You came to the right person. I got you. <laughs> so I will put you in contact with them as well. All right, and this is all recorded, so I don't want to have to put No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, Michelle Boynton, I guess we've got uh, two minutes left here. And, you know, I do want to thank you for being on with us. This is actually the second time you've been on with us because uh, we got disconnected and then you called back, so that, con- uh, that yeah. counts us too. But, uh, Matthias, I- I'm sure that you want to thank uh, Miss Boynton and Granny Hulkster. You want to send a thank you as well? Oh, of course, absolutely. Always thank you for uh, being a guest on our show. Thank you so uh, much. Yes, thank you. Thank Granny? you again, all of you, for having me. All right, you are awesome, and I do appreciate you joining us uh, tonight. And then uh, I'll, I'll text you the information where to send the um, autographs. And um, if you hook me up with Michelle Hill and uh, the brothers, I promise I will stop calling at two in the morning. I promise <laughs> you this. Oh darn! Now what am I going to do at two in the morning? Well, obviously not talk to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think the last, okay, I got yeah, other I got other people calling me at two in the morning, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think the third time is when you're you're answering your voicemail message, and it was the icon. Stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never that. All right. All right. Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate you. You're awesome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye bye. All right, Kimberly Boynton, ladies and gentlemen, uh, part one and part two of the interview. It was awesome. So anyway, so like I was saying, guys, we got a big show, and Matthias, we're going to start filming in May, I guess. Are you are you going to be ready? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I'm. I've been I've been ready. I've been waiting for this. So let's uh, let's make it happen. Have you read your part yet? 
Yeah, I've been digging through every so often when I get the opportunity, of course, with wrestling work and other life. I've been so daggum busy. I haven't really had a chance to look through the script, but I've read it a couple of times and read my parts. So I'm not like the uh, – and it's kind of nice. I mean, I am one of the, the big char- – I'm not like a huge character in the film, which is nice. But because then I can, you know, take a smaller role in the very beginning. But, of course, it is always a big role is in a big when you're in a movie, you're always a big role with a bunch of other bigger roles. But, you know, it's it's kind of nice not to be like the main, main person because I don't have a crap ton of lines to, to deal with. It's like every so often. So it's nice. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, remember, this is a this is a trilogy. Part three is out. Part Absolutely. one and two uh, are are going to be made. So. It's going to be interesting to find out what happens. By the way, have you seen some of the people that we're going to be in the movie with? Oh, yeah. Uh, who are you most um, anxious? And, you know, we can't be fanboys, obviously, because we, we've been told this. But is there anybody that, that's been announced so far that's going to be in the movie that you're interested in meeting? Well, of course, like like as as everybody says, like me and Gino have already experienced, there's nobody that you, like, when you go to a set or you go to a show you don't really go, oh, my God, it's you, oh, my God, it's you, I love you, all your work and that kind of stuff. You know, you just treat it as, like, you're one big family on one big one big stage. And like I said, when it comes to famous people, you know, you, you sit down, you talk with them. If you have the opportunity, uh, you don't ever go up to them and, and bug them yourself. You let them either come to you or if you walk by in passing glance, you say hello. And if you get the chance, sit down and talk with them. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to work with everybody, considering the fact that you know I know I've never met any of these people, I've never really gotten to see eye to eye with them, and so it'll just be an experience to meet a whole bunch of new people and work on a project all together. And what about Michael Michael Wainwright? I believe the guy stands like six foot something. Exactly, him and I will be actually we'll we'll actually see eye to eye because uh, we're both about the same. I think we're well, we're both over six feet tall, so we'll be pretty close to each other unless he stands six foot ten. Then I think we'll be okay. Well, I think well, I think he's close. I think he is closer to six foot ten actually. Well, then I guess I'll have to look up to him a little bit, I suppose. Well, yeah, we're 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 babies. We got to look up to everybody. The you know the one I'm really looking forward to, of course, you know Tatiana Loretta is going to be a directing, and she's going to be on our show in a couple weeks. And uh, we have uh, let's see who else is in it. Uh, Katrina Courtney's in it. Uh, Eric Mathias is in it. Icon Helmrest is in it. Did you say my last name? Uh, Michael Wainwright. Uh, Tatiana is going to be directing it, and Natasha Ortega is going to be in it. Uh, those are just the ones that are announced. There is more to come, folks. And I know that uh, we'll probably bore people to death talking about the movie, but that's one of the reasons why they're having us on, not only because we're talented, they know that the icon would be talking about the movie all the time. And I'm sure that you've been bragging it up a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Like I said, it's posted everywhere, and people have asked me about this. I've had a few people reach out to me and go, so you're doing movies now, huh? So you're like one of the big leaguers. I'm like, well, I mean, it's like I every time an opportunity presents itself, I'm going to do it. It's kind of like I'm trying to be like almost the next uh, John Cena or Dwayne The Rock Johnson that does videos and wrestling except I'm going to keep it even. I'm not going to do I'm not going to go off and do a bunch of movies and forget about wrestling. I'm all, I'm going to do 50/50. If I may have if more wrestling comes out, then I'll be doing more wrestling. If I do more videos, it's going to be videos, so. All right. Well, until next week, we got to get out of here. So remember, it's not goodbye, it's just good night. So join us next week every Monday night Attitude Era Live Monday on 89.1 Kens FM. Be safe, love each other, care for each other, and join us back here next week for more big times with the icon, 
the Modern Nightmare Matthias, the Godmother Wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and Big Swing playing the bad uh, recordings. We'll see you next week. You think you know me? <laughs>